Ladies, gentlemen, and cyborgs, I think that one's taken. Welcome back to the Casual Coders podcast. With me are Kyle and Alex. Would you two please introduce yourselves? <laughs> Hello, my name is Kyle. Um, I'm an electrical and computer engineer. Likes to work on fun programming projects as well as play lots of video games and do lots of other odds and ends things that, of course, we'll, I'm sure, get to at some point. And I'm Alex, and this is my first time on the real set here. So Woo, this is very exciting for me. Um, I and bringing my casual coding uh, expertise or lack thereof uh, so we can play with that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and of course, I'll be your host. I'm Ian. Ian, tell me your background. My what background? Uh, <laughs> studying computer engineering and uh, making it work. <laughs> That's all we're doing out there. It's best you can hope for. Yeah. It's really hard. When you graduate university, it's like, oh gosh, what has actually changed? Like, Absolutely you, nothing. <laughs> when, you're, when you're in university, it's like, I got to get my piece of paper, right? Yes. Yeah, right. I got to get my piece of you paper. You have a goal. <laughs> you have tunnel vision. And then you get that goal. And then now it's like, okay, I need a job. <laughs> yeah. What do I know how to do? What do I know how oh, to do? Oh gosh. What do I know how to do? And then you Absolutely learn what you don't nothing. know. Absolutely nothing. Let's be real yeah. here. University doesn't teach you shit. Yeah, and then already all your knowledge, as soon as you graduate, it's like, well, that it's was useless, what was yes. the case when I graduated, and that's maybe not even relevant anymore. So. <laughs> Probably yeah. not, no, let's be real. Technology moves so fast nowadays anyway. You yes. learn something first year of university, and boom, it's worthless by the last year of it. <laughs> if it was if worth anything to begin with. Yeah, that is a good question. A lot of right? the is classes. scratch worth it? No. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess. It's useful to learn, maybe. Uh, yeah. Is it, though? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I learned that in middle school. Like, am I really going to use that in a professional programming job? Of course I mean, well, not. no. <laughs> but, well, maybe I mean, if some, I want to be a teacher, I We need know. a scratch engineer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when some things like, you know, and or like general logic gates, yeah. like that stuff. Also learned it in high school. That, okay, but that is not normal to learn in high you school. You are that's correct. True. I, I did attend did. a vocational yeah. school. Yes, mm. indeed. So, yep, uh, that, but also the um, fact that you actually tend to learn more. Like if you go on like yeah. a co-op or an internship, yes, that's where you feel Absolutely. like you learn everything. Because there are classes that haven't been changed probably for like 15 years. I think Jeller yeah. was talking about yeah. that at one point. Yeah, where one of his classes was using like 15-year-old software. And they're like, <laughs> hey, can we uh, use more modern software and they're like no no you got to learn it with the 15 year old stuff <laughs> yeah, it yeah. doesn't run on windows 10 that's the problem <laughs> yeah right, right. here's you your windows the, uh... xp virtual machine <laughs> yeah, of course have fun yeah uh, oh man oh, it's so frustrating struggles. struggles it's hard because some of it it's like it feels like it's because the professor doesn't want to change the core structure yeah i feel like yeah, yeah. and they're being just lazy when yeah. it really should be their job but on the other hand, some sure. of it is like, yeah, this is useful information. For and example, some of it is like stuff. core standards and stuff, which you can't change. That and is like true. Like the state right. mandates or whatever. And it's just so useless. <laughs> it's Unless, of course, you work in the government, in which case yeah. I, I, you're still running Windows 2000 or something. I'm sure there's plenty <laughs> of machines out there. Security by obscurity. Nobody yeah, can right, hack exactly. it. <laughs> they no can't get no software to compile. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh Little God. script kitties are going to have a really right. tough time with Windows 2000. There yeah. you go. Good luck getting that on a floppy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, right. Little kid has to find the save icon, but in real life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they 3D printed the save Yeah, they 3D printed the save icon. Yeah, exactly. That's a good meme. That is a good meme. Well, what do you want to get kicking off uh, talking about here today? We've got, uh, I'm sure, a host of topics we can start off whenever we're ready to get into it. Yeah, uh, I have one. Uh, Let's hear it. Go for it, yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New yeah, Year. Yeah, this one's coming out the week after New Year's yep. because <laughs> the other podcast came out December Third, I don't know. Whenever it shows up Some eventually, time ago. <laughs> I don't know time. Yes. So my question is: Do any of you have New Year's resolutions? And if so, what are they? 
Hmm. You know, I, I've got a probably decent-ish one, and that is to at least try to improve my self-confidence, right? I'm not go. the most confident person in general, not the most confident person on camera. <laughs> and so if I can at least improve that, I figure it'll be good for me in, uh, you know, everyday life. In, Hell yeah. You know. I think it's a great goal. Like self-improvement in general is always like a thing to strive for. Sure. Absolutely. It's so hard Absolutely. though, because sometimes if you expect too much of yourself too quickly, then you end up quitting. Right. Then yeah. you put yourself into a like downward spiral in a rut. Yeah. That's how bad, a lot of people right? start strong. And yeah. then uh, it's hard to I, keep I've going. I've seen, I don't recall, doesn't matter. Uh, one of common advice for new year's resolutions, if you're setting any yourselves mm -hmm. is to set a small goal. Something yes. that's really small, really minor, like a small change that you can do over a period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another Something that's easy to be consistent about because it's not a huge change that impacts behavior. It's a small continual change right. that impacts behavior. You have to do something for a long number of months, like two or three months before it becomes routine behavior. Yeah, habit. Right. You form a habit. Like you that's need right. to form that habit by starting small. And then once you have the small habit, you can work up a little bit larger and a little larger and a little larger, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then another thing that I've heard people say is instead of saying, I'm going to do this, say like, this is the year of self-improvement or yeah, something like, like give yourself that. like a genre, <laughs> you know, because yeah, exactly. then whenever you come across yeah, something where it's like of self-improvement, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Or like, you know, this, I'm going to be more fit this year. This is the year of getting fit. So then whenever, like by, by doing that, whenever you come across a choice, you go, oh, well, it's the year of getting fit. And then it'll like urge you to, t to make better and better decisions in like every aspect instead of sure. it, that as opposed to I'm going to go to the gym every single day, yeah. work out an hour a day. And then like on day three, you're yeah, like, that's I'm definitely an unsustainable to... goal. <laughs> you definitely have to be yeah. realistic. That's a good, uh, good idea. Just to kind of set something that is definitely measurable. I know the yeah, smart man, goals, we've heard that ad infinitum. Of everyone, yeah. Everyone yeah, what is the smart the goal? Smart goals. But it's kind of true. I know we had to set uh, goals at work and that's one of the things I even think about every year is like, well, What's like one tiny little thing that I can at least measure by the end of the year and say, even if I didn't make every change I wanted to make, I can, I can say I made a, a measurable change. or a measurable Write better Python scripts. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you can't. I don't know, you know. It's hard though, because what, like, what does SMART stand for again? SMART goal? So SMART, of course, is going to be specific, know. measurable, uh, achievable or attainable, um, realistic, and then the T they always give up. I think they just say timely. Um, so yeah, the idea, timely. of course, is that you want to set a specific goal. You don't want to say, I want to get better at like uh, reading skips. or something. You'd want to say like, maybe I want to read yeah. four books. Maybe that's a simple goal, but it's measurable. You can count how many books you read in a year. Um, so it's measurable. It's achievable. And it's by the end of the year. It's only four, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you could think, what's something I can achieve? God, that's um, a wild thought, by the way. Realistic is something that you really want to focus on too, because I wouldn't want to set a goal and say, you know, I want to learn how to, you know, speak Mandarin and then go to China. That That's really hard to even achieve with a university education, let alone something you wanted to do on your own. So you wouldn't want to pick something like very lofty, like I'm going to, you know, save up all this money and then learn all this stuff. You want to say, okay, maybe let's take off a bite-sized piece of my vision um, that I can achieve in a year and then go for it. And then timely, of course, is something, well, let's see, can I do this in a year? Can I make 12 individual goals for each month and, and keep on track? So that's something at least I've found is if I have a checkbox I can tick every month that, that says I'm on track, it really helps me uh, stay focused. Yeah, that I want to jump back to that example real fast, actually, mm -hmm. that you said of reading four books in a year. Yes. When was the last time any of you read an actual book? Oh, you're going to embarrass me. Oh, I'm I love myself. I, I love have reading. not read an actual book in <laughs> ages. I don't oh, know if it's man. been like five years or longer, <laughs> but like an actual book in my hands, yeah. I have not read 
I I couldn't tell you. I, yeah, I like, can't legitimately, even think. I have no idea. It that wasn't a textbook. Do audiobooks count? Eight, it could be ten. What'd no. you say? Do audiobooks count? Negative. No. <gasps> negative. Why negative? That's, that's, I was saying like an actual paper, like hard copy book, like an actual book. So I have you sat down <laughs> and read like flipping pages and everything. I couldn't even tell you what the last one was. Oh, you know what? No, that's not that's not true. I did read a book. I think I read two books last year, and that's the most I've read in five years. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And they were pretty pretty uh, bite sized. They were they were manageable for me. But so I actually started a book in paper form, and then. Halfway through, I switched to the audiobook. So version. he gets half credit for that. Uh, he gets half credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, partial and that, credit. Yeah. That book is called "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F Asterisk CK." <laughs> the way that the interesting. The you, you could figure out how to say. I that. mean, that yes. sounds like that, a pretty no, useful a little name thing. To be totally honest with you, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yep. Could you give us a chunk of what that book was about? Maybe for the yes, readers. Uh, it's kind of like a version of like a self-help book, but in a mm-hmm. way more like down-to-earth manner, if that makes sense. Okay. It's more of like a you know, hey, the self-guru is just like, you know, feel better about yourself. But in sure. reality, like, it's about, like, long story short, basically what it's saying is that it's, okay, so basically it's saying don't care. But what it's saying is you should pick and choose what it is that you care about. Right. Is long story short of what it's saying. Pick your battles. I like that. Yeah. Because if you are uh, trying to care about everything, there are things that really aren't worth caring about. So you should just sure. pick a few things that you really care about, make sure you do those things, and mm-hmm. then you're going to be happier in general. I used to be like that in middle school, actually. Um, I I tried to make sure that every single person liked me and that is just unsustainable. Right, yeah. Yeah. It caused problems. It was impossible. It's not (laughs) good, yeah. And even if it is possible, then you're kind of pulling yourself in so many different directions. Right, you're spreading yourself too thin. Yeah. Yeah. The strain that that would cause for you is not manageable. Middle school wasn't a great time for me, I guess. (laughs) Was it great for that many people? I mean, better than most people, I'll be honest. Better than a lot of people, but not the greatest. Mm -hmm. Middle school is just so hard because so many middle schoolers, you lack like apathy and or like, caring or understanding other people also have emotions at that point. So yeah. people are just so mean to each other. And it's oh, the yeah. general thought that kids, kids are, are assholes. Yep, yeah, they're exactly. vicious. They're yep. monsters. But, you know, they're honest. Hey, so. there's a reason I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if there's any kid viewers out there. Yeah. We love you. Yeah, we all love six Justin. of our it's children who view us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank exactly. you, thank you. Yeah. So New Year's resolutions then? I heard one. Hmm. Ooh, that, yeah. Yes. You know, I haven't put enough thought into this, and uh, I know the clock is really ticking. Um, but yeah, I think you got how that, many hours? I mean, Six? not everyone does New Year's resolutions. I, I say I don't really fair. do it. I don't think I set one last say. year. I think my best uh, thing to do is like a New Year's vision, less less of like a really a plan of like a list of things I want to do, and more of like a you know when they ask you in an interview like where do you see yourself in one year? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or five years or ten years. I like to think of just like what would I like to be doing next December? I mean, where do I want to be? Uh, maybe I want to be you know in a, in a house. Maybe I want to. I don't know, have a yard, whatever, you know, all these things that like are realistic goals for me at this point. I'm, I'm sort of at that point where I'm trying to branch out uh, and, and find my own plot of dirt on this here, uh, beautiful earth. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking is just like having my own space and, uh, and pursuing whatever all the challenges of being a homeowner come with. So that's something I'm like thinking so you're about buy a house this, I, this year. I am on my way. So oh, I, no I bought a pile of dirt and I'm going to try to, I know uh, Chandler already mentioned this. I'm, I'm going to compile my own uh, home from source. So I'm <laughs> yeah. going to try to at least uh, have something built. It's just something, I mean, it's not huge. I, I don't have a huge budget. I'm just right out of school. Um, but it was something I was really looking for. Uh, I, I like cooking and, and drinking a lot. So um, I wanted a nice uh, kitchen. And that's not something that's easy to find in a market where houses that are in, let's just say, a uh, questionable state of repair uh, 
are going in Oh, minutes. yeah, what, buying like a fixer-upper or something? Yeah, so I didn't want to do that um, just because you really, just how quick everything sells in the market right now is a really tough time to try to buy something that I wasn't even sure about and then have to pour so much money and time into it to make it what I wanted. So, yeah, I was going to try to um, build something here. I still got lots of waiting time. Um, the pile of dirt is... Dirty and plain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, you can make it like exactly to spec, right? Like that's yes. one thing about compiling your own stuff from source is you yes. can make it exactly how customizable you want it. Yeah, I know right? exactly what I want. as slim that's as nice. possible for just your own home, right? Yes. Um, so I, I've got plans, but that's it. I don't, I don't have anything in the dirt yet. Uh, they might dig a hole sometime soon. Do you also, think you'll have it done noticed. by the end of the year? It was, it's just been delayed more and more. I first talked to a representative in February of 2021. And right now, they have not excavated the basement yet. So that's where I'm at. Mm, uh, I, I purchased see. the land. I signed the contract in at the end of April and only was allowed to even step on it in September. I know. So interesting. It's interesting. a very slow moving process. And it's out in the boonies. That's the other thing, of course, if you wanted any land, um, which I did. Yeah. I wanted a, a nice pile of uh, dirt to play around in, my empire of dirt. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, in general, I know I asked a lot of people about this. Um, it's, it's a long process, but it's something that I have the patience for. And I have the, um, I mean, I, I guess I have the time. That's, that's what it ultimately boils down to. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to see how this goes. This is going to be really fun for me. Nobody in my house has, has built a, a, well, I mean, nobody in my family rather has built, um, a house since the, like the seventies. So oh, I don't really even exciting. know the process. I assume you have to like hire an architect and do. Yes. So, um, basically all the hard part is out of the way. I have a mortgage. I'm just paying interest on it because they haven't like drafted barely anything. Um, the only thing that's happened so far is clearing, which is surprisingly expensive, but everything's surprisingly expensive. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a pile of dirt that's got uh, a patch of dirt with some stakes in it. And the, the surveyor, you know, put those stakes in. I, I was surprised that they finished in about 20 minutes. So I think they make about a thousand dollars an hour. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, it's, it's interesting to see how um, cheap or not uh, some of these things are, but in general, yeah, that's, what, kind of what I was going for is just right now, it seems like a pretty good value um, given, I know I, I'm, I'm not one to talk about uh, home building or mortgages or anything uh, financial, but I, I just seemed, from all the research I did and from the people I talked to, it seemed like a good value now to just try to make a uh, modern uh, modern home out in the boonies and then uh, maybe plan to be there for about 10, 20 or 30 years. So we'll, we'll just see how it goes. You can make sure that it has like the fiber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, you know what? Right? Uh, mm, I'm not sure if that's available in the area. It is definitely rural. So one of my uh, struggles I've found is that even like a gas utility is not possible. One uh, thing I've learned <laughs> from um, uh, from Chandler is uh, if you do live out in the boonies, mm -hmm. um, run your own fiber drop out to the front of the like street <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Okay. Otherwise, they're going to charge you like $10,000 to run um from the street oh, to yeah. your house, depending sure. on how long your driveway is, right? Yeah. So run your own drop because it's <laughs> going to be cheaper to do it yourself, especially if you have your own tools and everything <laughs> and you're already like digging up an area yep. for your driveway or whatever. I definitely believe yourself. you. I would agree there. I'm I'm certain there is no chance I'd had fiber on the other end of my house to the rest of the street and the rest of the area. It is it is definitely rural, but yeah. maybe someday I will run my own. I'll be happy to. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, run it'll it be well, a new challenge. Well, run it while you can is <laughs> yeah, the problem. Sure. Right? <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing they were telling me. I know, um, I can't 
can't remember what we were talking about geothermal for, but I did uh, actually yep. specifically have a conversation with um, one of the uh, builder, like the contractor guys. And he was saying that um, if you're going to do geothermal, do it before anything's there. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's really convenient. Uh, but I, yeah, I think he said it was about $30,000 for the system. Um, if you if you don't have anything to dig up, you know, right. if it's already, you just got a hole in the ground. Um, but yeah, it's just so, it's so interesting to hear about that because uh, the standards in 2021 are a hell of a lot different than they were in the 50s and 60s, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so it made me feel a lot more comfortable. I was actually just over at my sister's house uh, this week rewiring her 80-year-old uh, house. And that's pretty new, I guess, for some of the houses I've been in. And it is a nightmare finding out what's behind the walls sometimes. So I'm, I'm glad to know it'll at least be up to code. In yeah, what are you going to find? Old razors, nails, something rusty. Uh, yeah, asbestos. No worse than that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, is this insulation or dust? Uh, yeah, I'm not to sure. Say. It could be know? either. It's yeah. cancer. Yeah, well, yeah, right. you're, you're right there. I mean, Congratulations. I, you receive asbestos. We've uncovered a lot of treasures, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I'm not having fun with that. <laughs> Glad to be done for one week anyway. Yeah. That's pretty funny. So in general, a New Year's resolution, get... Get situated in a new place. Get... Uh, Get comfy in a new home. That's what I'm I mean. That for. seems like a reasonable enough one to me. Right. It's it's vague enough where it I I it's hard to screw up, but it's something that I'm going to be aligning all of my goals for for the rest of the year. I mean, I feel like most of what I'm going to be doing is going to be centered around that. Um, kind of building my wealth, both investment wise, um, and building literally. Oh, building, look, we got an R slash uh, Wall Street bet scam. Absolutely right here. not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. What, I'm not holding any lines. GME no, or something. No, no, I see no, no. no. Some GameStop. Yeah, some, right. <laughs> I just, you know, after I, I lived with roommates for three or four years out of school, I had a lot of fun. I saved a lot of money. I'll tell you what, because it's dirt cheap when you share a house with people. Uh, you're not wrong. But uh, you're not building any wealth when you put the money into rent. And that's one of the things I started to realize. I took a step back and realized, well, you're not not saving any money. Yeah, well, um, with today's economy, I don't know, with the housing market being where it <laughs> that, is. And that's exactly the challenge I've been facing. All so right, well, we're coming back to out. the podcast with Rob here, so let's uh, let's try to move on with the topic. <laughs> let's uh, just circle to back. Circle back somewhere that we haven't already discussed. Which was? Which was, I don't know, man. New topic. So here's the <laughs> thing I've been wondering. That was New Year's resolutions, I guess. Is yeah, all. That, well, yeah. you never talked about your New Year's resolution. Uh, you did, that is true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I got to throw it back Come on, you thought you could get out of that, man. I was about to sneak away. without talking, all right? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess my New Year's resolution is probably to try to be more healthy in general. Uh, Just because, like... Hitting, I'm about to hit a quarter of a century. Quarter of a century. I'm pretty yeah. sure you're more healthy than I am already, man. I don't. I, like, <laughs> that is true, but I'm also a little <laughs> bit older than you, and my body is, uh, I'm sure, just rearing to fall apart after after <laughs> you get older. Many younger. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, after so, 25 whole years, your body is just already about to fall apart. Yeah, gonna, all of like, all the crazy collagenness. Yeah. Your body is like, I held it together. Yeah, that's all you get. I'm that's sorry. Nice. That's all you get, man. Right. <laughs> Explodes. Hey, man, uh, it's okay. I don't give us past 2050 to live anyway. So. <laughs> You're optimistic. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> optimistic. Yeah. Uh -huh. well, uh, so yeah. tinfoil hat time. How will the world end then? Nuclear war? Question mark? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be AI extinction. Um, gray goo. Some war over probably water. Let's be real. Yeah, or that's true. Climate that's change. going to flood a bunch of cities. And... Florida will be underwater. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> We're Florida, good here. Norway, We're, we're high else. enough elevation, I think. Kind of in the middle of the U.S. I think we won't be flooding anytime soon. Well, <laughs> who knows, right? 2011 <laughs> right. shows. Asteroid? Oh, geez. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Seems sort of unlikely, but uh, Yeah. I mean, there's Pandemic. a lot of time. Yeah. Well, we're already in the middle of that. Yeah, we, so. we, we've been there, done that. <laughs> Check. <you know? laughs> right, exactly. Check that one off the list. The deadly virus. Okay. We've been through that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That. And it's really hard, though, because like 
if I ask myself, where do I want to be in five years? Mm. That is an extremely difficult question for me to answer. So yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, just like, I'd love to have a job. <laughs> cool. It, yep. It's so hard though, because it like changes depending on the day you ask me. Like one day I'll right. be like, you know what? I'm just gonna get super into social media. And I'll just be like, you know, uh, <laughs> an influencer. And then like, another day, like right now. Yeah, like right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, hello, future self. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, another uh, day, I might be like, you know what? I'm just gonna go like work for Apple or Google oh, wow. or Netflix or Facebook or slash Meta. I guess now you're gonna <laughs> watch. You're gonna watch this in another like two years and be like, God, why was I such an what? idiot? <laughs> what, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and other times I'm like, oh man, I have such quite a few like really cool ideas for startups. Mm -hmm. Let's like yeah. become a startup, become a CTO and or, you know, CEO and, and get that rolling. It's yeah, like, be like Chandler and join as many startups yes, as you possibly yes. can as while you're young. Possible. Yeah, right. You got to collect them all. That's right. Them all. They're like Pokemon. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I see. But it's really hard because like you can kind of dabble in all of them, but I feel like if you do that, you won't do any of them really well. But if yeah. you like were to choose one and go hard at it, you could like really succeed. Right. Possibly, or you fail miserably, but I guess that's the risk you take, huh? Sure, I it guess it's a risk, but, yeah. But it feels like uh, as long as you choose it, choose some to do something, you go at it hard with enough effort, <laughs> while at the same time being iterative in your process and improving yourself. I've pretty much seen an one hundred percent success rate if you follow that like structure. Wow. There, anyone who doesn't quote unquote succeed either has kind of unrealistic expectations, like I sure. want to be a trillionaire, yeah, which okay, is like yeah, physically right. impossible, like Tim Apple. Yeah, but Tim <laughs> Apple himself is not a trillionaire. It's just you know? the company. The company's a trillionaire. Yeah, I know. Company. Just, that was yeah. funny. But that's, that's the point, I guess. Yeah, what I'm right. trying to say is like, I mean, no maybe it's not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, they didn't miss, they missed one of the following, which is like they yeah. didn't put in enough physical work. What they mm -hmm. actually did is they spent what, maybe 10 hours a week doing something. Mm -hmm. And maybe in order to do something really well, they did need to go hard to do it. Right. Or they, let's say there are some people out there who are working 100 hours a week, Absolutely. it's their life thing. And wow. that's got to be a really difficult thing to do, though. That's oh, yeah. so yeah. many hours per week. Yeah. There are so many people who have to do that just to survive. Mm. Very true. Right? Yeah. But there's a lot of people who do that 100 hours. So it's so um, I'm going to generalize here. And anytime you generalize, it's dangerous. Right. Sure. And it's not good to everyone. But right. um, in general, I've seen people who work super duper hard. Maybe they own a company or whatever. And but part of it is that they don't take into account a self-improvement section. So mm -hmm. Uh, they just do what they know how to do right. over and over and over again, mm -hmm. expecting like different results and or more results from them doing it more. Mm -hmm. When I think a really important part of the uh, process is like self-improvement. What am I doing that can be improved? And then doing that as part of the 100 hours in order to amplify yourself. Because over sure. time you will realign and like the faster you can iterate and, uh, you know, make new goals, the more likely you are to be on target. Because right. I feel like they set a vector and just going <laughs> where that vector where they want to be might be like, you know, way out of left field, but they've never turned left. And so they're going straight yeah. and are like, man, I'm not there yet. Right. Like, there's that. But then there are other people who in general are in like bad situations where mm -hmm. uh, let's say they have a whole family that depends on them and they have oh, to work geez. 100 hours a week yeah. in order to just make ends meet. And they don't have time to oh, be able yeah. to invest in, for example, making and learning a new skill in order to do something because they just physically don't have the time to do that. But if you do have the time to do that, it is definitely a way to, I don't know, better yourself, maybe. Yeah. 
There it could be really easy to burn out though. That's, that's one of the toughest things is when you have that kind of responsibility, I mean, having the weight of the world on your shoulders and then being expected to meet all these expectations, even of, of your own, uh, making. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. So yeah, expectations are hard. Yeah. Yeah. Why you want to set realistic expectations? You know, there you go. Yeah. cycle it back. We are right. definitely speaking from a point in our lives, I guess, where the expectations of us are at an all-time low. You know? <laughs> when you're in your twenties, like yeah. it's totally exactly. expected for are you not to know how life works. I'm gonna counter that though. Are they at an all-time high? You're expected to graduate college and get a good job and but move you out of your parents' house. Or at least There's at a this whole point, bunch right? of stuff hmm. where, that you're expected to do. Uh, it depends. So certain parents, I guess, would definitely have yeah. that. Yeah. expectations on their children uh, it definitely depends but, on your upbringing but certainly. in but in general for uh the united states i guess mm -hmm. um when you're looking at 20 year olds people are like you know you're just 20 you're just kids messing right. around don't yeah. know what you're doing you're at your friend's dorm room sure. drinking till 4 a.m every day right. is like the stereotype Ooh, party. you know yeah. definitely not me, so, so yeah. anyone who's doing better than that mm -hmm. is like excelling in life absolutely yeah so sure. yeah so i guess just by then, yeah i guess as you get older you're expected to have a family to support, be sure. supporting kids, all that stuff, yeah. which if takes a lot of time, money, and effort. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you're 21 and living with your parents, that's kind of okay even still in today's oh, society. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're yeah. 41 and living with your parents, that's a problem. That right. Is, you know, significantly different. Or even, viewed as a problem. Maybe yeah, it exactly. isn't a problem, it, it but can. it's at least right. viewed yeah. as a problem. Exactly. I, I totally agree. There are totally cases, in my opinion, that where it makes a lot of sense to be able mm -hmm. to move in with your parents if, for example, you are in a, a tight spot. You need to save money and or uh, reconfigure your life in a certain lifestyle. And mm -hmm. you have a good uh, relationship with your parents and your parents have a good relationship with you. And you, uh, um, you know, have a way where it'll work. You know, they right. there's a spot for you in their home. Sure. For example, yeah. where you could physically live there. Right. right. Yeah. It would make sense. A lot but, of people like have to take care of their parents as both the people get older and of course their parents get older so that's that's, that's a valid you know reason for it but yeah a lot of people might view that in, in like a negative light just because there's so many like preconceived no notions that people have like oh well you know you're you were supposed to sow your own seeds and, and make your own way in your 20s or 30s and now they think well you've squandered all of your you know uh mid middle life here um because you haven't <laughs> gone and and done what you were supposed to do like what society wants so yeah it's an interesting question that people can ask themselves like what what am i supposed to be doing at this point in time and yeah you you might think you have that freedom in your in your 20s to think like well what, what do i want to do uh what do i want to be in 10 or 20 years so yeah it's, it's an interesting interesting question to ponder yeah because i'm just afraid of making the wrong choice if that makes sense yeah well you know? isn't but, everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true yeah what they say hypothetically is you should just make a choice and then Stick in the future <laughs> In the future, if you want, uh, then change. It's okay to change. Sure. Hypothetically. Absolutely. But change but, is only natural. Yeah. But it's super hard, right? Because right. me and you just gave opposing opinions such advice, right? You say stick to it. And I said, it's okay to change. Well, yeah, like, that, stick to it. Be committed to what you choose, but understand that you're allowed to realize and you look back and say, maybe this wasn't what was best for me at the time and be able to admit, you know, this this was maybe a, not a mistake, but a learning experience, an opportunity for growth. Or even realize that halfway in and realize right. that this isn't something that you wish to pursue. Sure. It certainly happens. Yeah. College degree, for example. Yeah. Oh, wait, this isn't really something that I'm interested in. <laughs> maybe I should reevaluate my life and look for <laughs> yeah. a different degree. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different paths you can travel. So, you know, the only thing you can do is pick one and go down it. And then if you... And hope that it's the right one. Yeah. And if you don't like it, change it. There's always yeah. that opportunity. You're never stuck. True. Speaking of lifestyle topics, um, one thing that I find difficult mm -hmm. is uh, when pursuing what you want to do in life, mm -hmm. uh, whenever you're uh, 
for example, like playing video games or mm -hmm. watching movies or doing anything that's seen as downtime. Sure. I find myself like feeling guilty that I'm not like pursuing something like I'm oh, not like, absolutely, yeah. you know, working towards, you know, furthering my career oh, or I be studying. Right. Yeah, that exactly. seems like a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I gotta maybe, say, I, maybe I that's really bad wording. <laughs> that seems like something that would, <laughs> anyway, I'm listening. I, I'm listening. A, I heard a really interesting oh, no. uh, take on this from Hank Green. Um, I, I'll be happily <laughs> happy to butcher the quote from him. But one of the things he said is that you know it's it's hard to uh, struggle with that feeling unproductive when you're say you know you had a long day at work or maybe it's your weekend and you just don't want to do anything and you want to just relax. Um, but feeling unproductive can make your relaxation time worse because it, you it feel like stressful. you're stressful. You feel like you're not right? doing like, anything. Well, or I should be anywhere. doing something. Yeah. Um, but one, one way he sort of justified that, and it honestly opened my eyes up a little bit to um, the necessity of relaxation is that maybe um, an important way to look at it is manufacturing your own joy um, is being productive. You are producing um, your own joy um, by having time to relax and do your own activities, do your own hobbies, or maybe do nothing at all if that's what you need to just clear your mind for a day um, or for an afternoon or an evening. Yeah, the um, whole clearing your mind thing is definitely really useful. Right, and then you're starting fresh, and you, you don't want to think of that as downtime project. Right, with, you need I, the downtime. You need right? the downtime to be able to consistently work at a project or sure. something. Right, you need yes. to be able to process what happened and then mm -hmm. come back and say. And reevaluate it from a different point of view, a different perspective. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that's definitely something I I, I took that away. Um, not necessarily as just, well, you should be able to, you know, relax as much as you want and not feel guilty for it. But maybe a, a better way of looking at it is just like, well, maybe I need some time to empty my mind and stop thinking about work or stop thinking about what I need to do um, in order to be more refreshed um, and prepared to take on the challenge tomorrow. So that's that's something I took away from that. And I think it, it helped a lot with uh, dealing with that guilt um, with like, you know, relaxing and not getting anything done in the day. Yeah, that's fair. One thing that's hard though is if you take that to its logical extreme, mm. oh, I should just try to maximize my joy then, you know? I mean, no matter, <laughs> no matter philosophical now, are yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I guess, yeah. you know, no matter what means possible, you know, sure. whether it's like getting high on a ton of drugs, you know, if it, <laughs> if it increases my joy. Well, you know, <laughs> I love how you went there. Yeah, it, you, you got to have like, a sustainable lifestyle and I'm sure, <laughs> sure you can look at any extreme and realize it's not sustainable. Yeah, there's uh there's Extremes definitely do paint good pictures, as we learned in a <laughs> previous certainly episode. certainly do. Uh, maybe as an extreme, uh, uh, painting a picture of what not to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, you have to you have to kind of realize that balance in life of like, well, obviously you need some amount of time to relax in order to do your work, but you need to be able do to do you your though? work. To I guess that's my question. Yes. Do you need? Do you? Yeah. Yes. Like, do you I would need, argue absolutely. I think sorry, that entertainment is that? A, do you, the, the question is, do you need downtime in order to, to be able to be functional? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. 100%. I, I, I would argue... Um, yeah. I would I would bet my life on it. I'm saying that um, <laughs> at least in my experience, and of course I won't speak for everyone's, uh, you know. And downtime here, I mean, as spending time to find enjoyment in sure. something Absolutely. unrelated to what you need to do in order to live. For example, right. eating doesn't count, sure. sleeping doesn't count. Yeah, that's not downtime. Okay, Bathing so doesn't count. you wake up. Outside of that. You eat breakfast. Right. Uh-huh. You either take a shower or you start working. Mm -hmm. You work until lunchtime. Mm -hmm. You eat lunch. Mm-hmm. Work until dinner time. You eat dinner. Mm -hmm. Work until bedtime. Mm -hmm. I hate it. You go to bed. <laughs> wake up. Mm -hmm. Do the do same, same thing, thing again. Yep. For forty years. Yes. And you're gonna say that's not sustainable. 
I'm saying you're, you're going to say that is sustainable. I'm saying I'm that that can be sustainable. Yeah. No, oh, I'm sure it I, could be, but uh, maybe for the right type of person. But if I, we're talking like, at like, extremes. Yeah, there right. are definitely. I see that right. as being highly unlikely. I see that being very, I guess, toxic. Maybe I don't know. Like well, you're literally devoting yeah. your life to one thing and one thing only, with no yeah. time to really process it. Like the only time to process it would be when you sleep, mm-hmm. and even well, then that. But you're also like. Let's say you're working, right? Sure. In general, working doesn't mean you're only doing one thing. Like, let's say your work is split into multiple different parts, right? There's a problem-solving part. Sure. There's a application part. There's a brainstorming part, whatever, whatever. Um, right, but we're saying there's be, no downtime here at all. No, I, I agree. But what I'm time. saying is by going through each <laughs> right. of those, let's say that there's like five of those different phases. Anytime you're doing one of those phases, you're still processing in the background all the other phases. You could probably Sounds learn like to adapt, but I don't know. That still seems... <laughs> I don't know, non-sustainable, not healthy. Like just how, really how is it not healthy? I guess is my question. Hmm, I would ask, a, uh, I th- a, maybe I'd look at it a different way and ask the question of like, when you think about things like art or music or even just like good old fashioned television, those are not productive. Basically, in the, well, they're not, they're not useful in a, in a work sense of things. You're not watching television for work. Nobody's listening to music for work. And if you are, you're an edge case where you're a music critic. Okay, we're not talking about that. Let's say, <laughs> let's say in a case where you're trying to, uh, you know, uh, get a task done, um, those things aren't something that, that would necessarily be considered work. That's something you might want to do just to relax or to enjoy things like you know, art. Would I guess you one consider thing that to be potentially useful? Yeah, I guess I was about to basically go there, which is like, I guess technically you could say that's yourself being useful because what you're doing is maybe you're observing what it's like to be a human in certain social situations. Sure, right. So you're learning how, mm-hmm. you know, to behave in a friend group or in, right. you know, so there's still knowledge that you get from it, doing it kind of, uh, It's like social education, right? Yeah, in, yeah, a, sense, in a weird know? way. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I would argue that that's necessary for the human experience. I mean, I know there are maybe there are some people out there who are like, well, I don't really listen to music. And even then, a lot of people would think that's pretty crazy. Um, but to say that you don't have a need, um, like an inherent need for the arts uh, seems completely impossible to me. Um, it sounds like to me that work is completely separate from joy in your mind. <laughs> well, I don't, I certainly don't mean that if I didn't enjoy what I did, I wouldn't be doing it. Absolutely. Um, and of course, uh, that's not to say that there's not, um, a mental taxing, uh, mentally taxing aspect to work. Of course it's, it's work. Nobody wants to work. I would that's say. my point though. Some people do like but, to work and or want to work. Let's, let's put it work like is, this. It depends on your definition of work, I guess, you know, is work uh, okay. making money for something or is work doing like some people define work as, uh, doing something and making money from it. Right. And other people define it as doing something you don't want to do. Okay. Well, that's that's entirely fair. And you know what? I think that if you consider two different... Like, if you think of, like, mm, office jobs, which are very different from things like food service industry, um, both in, like, the average age of people that work in them and in the actual average amount of salary. work that's required, whether it's physical versus mental, and salary et cetera. Too. And absolutely the difference between... A factor. You know, what I want to what, what get at here is that most people in the like food service industry would probably agree with me that they don't want to do what they do, but maybe they enjoy it. But I mean, if you could wake up and say, I'll get a paycheck if I do nothing today, or I'll get a paycheck if I go wait tables for 40 hours this week, 
you know, either way I'll get paid. Who would, who would want to go wait tables? I mean, I, I can enjoy it. I worked in the restaurant industry at least for like three years and you know, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. The thing is, is it feels like the ideal option is actually neither of those. The ideal option is to <laughs> hypothetically wake up no matter what, get a paycheck okay. and be allowed to go and wait tables for like 30 minutes if you want to just to try it out and have fun. Oh, and yeah. talk okay. with people yeah. and then it go gets, and do another thing. fun like, for the first 30 minutes and then you hate it. Is that, I mean, yeah, that, right. that's basically I, what I'm I saying. I can see that, I, yeah. I say. yeah. So then you have a restaurant where you pay all your people, they show up for 30 minutes, yeah. wait <laughs> one table. Somebody else is going like, to help you. Yeah, I want to go home. Order, <laughs> they bring it to the chef who shows up for three minutes to cook one meal for <laughs> yeah. himself. And then I'll leave. do one, but that's and it for today. <laughs> the restaurant just empties out like as soon as it's, Open. Sure. No, we just have AI do all the other work. Yeah, you have oh, AI that, do, do all you wanna, the other work. Do you want to okay. go there? So what about this? <laughs> what about AI doing species? work? Huh? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. So then we have to ask the AI if it enjoys doing work. Well, oh, wait. Mm, that's an interesting question. Do you think if you asked a computer if it enjoyed doing work, what, what it would say? I mean, it, I, that do, is we, really do we separate question, emotion actually. and technology completely? Or do you think that there's even a potential overlap in those two categories? I mean, that's hard. we got to get <laughs> access to GPT-3 to see, right? Oh, I mean, right. But is that just a thoughtless robot pushing together sentences that are grouped? correct or is it something that could even maybe mimic feeling consciousness uh, yes. hard oh, to consciousness. Say. Now, that's we've the question. literally become armchair philosophers that's the like question. look hey. at us we're literally armchair philosophers well. <laughs> so i mean if we're going that maybe I've we can that shift topics ever so slightly and we can bring up the memories debate right <laughs> what, what was your memory early, oh, what was memories. your earliest memory it must be in the first person i don't know if i have to like say this but at least it falls true for me and how do you know that it's real? My, I don't think you can. My first That's the point. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Let's hear about your first memory. My first memory is really weird because by definition, it's not, it doesn't feel like it could be real because it's, uh, let me just tell you what my first memory is, I guess. It's about before I was born, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was me like waking up on a boat, like uh, in the middle of an ocean, that's uh, and in this ocean, everything is more like aesthetic and pastel-like. And I floated on this ocean for like, I don't know, like a, a very long time. And during this, I came across this house that had a door on it. And I opened up the door. I like got off of my boat, closed the door behind me, and walked in. And it was this house I'd never seen it before. And walking around, and I was like, "Whoa, this is super crazy. This is a house." And I turn around. And I tried to go back to leave to go back to my book. That's what I know. And I can't. The door is locked. And then I, you know, go into my house. And that is like, I see, you know, everyone there. I see my, my dad my mother. Uh, they had a cat at that point. And uh, growing up, uh, I lived in this mobile home. And it's super strange because there is a front door of the mobile home. But then there is this weird side door that was bolted shut. Hmm. on it and that was my first memory basically becoming conscious like from there like my consciousness <laughs> when i start when i think about it starts there it started wow. in this like hallucination almost became real and then uh and then like fr from there on like it's been continuous ever since which is super strange that i know is, i know that's why that i'm sorry insane, i <laughs> I'm at a loss. I, right, no right. I, mean, wow. I started this discussion and I have no clue how to even react to that. I never <laughs> because it sounds like some crazy like that. acid trip. It, or, like, it does. I mean, that's the thing is you're so young, right? That your brain like physically doesn't work and cause yeah, and effect right, waves exactly. up until a certain point. Yeah. 
Like That's I feel crazy. like my first memory is me opening a door at preschool, looking outside, seeing snow, and being like, hey, man, there's snow here. my memory is terrible my memory is horrible right like i don't remember the majority of my life i i don't remember probably 99 percent of my life just i mean i would say it's pretty normal if you eat breakfast 10 times i barely remember which one's memorable i'm pretty sure i barely remember anything from middle school barely remember anything from high school okay we got two extremes right here i remember becoming conscious and i don't remember yesterday one of my one of my catchphrases that I still get like made fun of is, I, why why would I remember X Y Z? I can barely remember my own name. <laughs> like, why would I remember what I hate, had for breakfast yesterday when I can barely remember my own name? That's hilarious. I get, I get I, yeah, I get teased for it, but I think it's hilarious because sometimes it's totally <laughs> true. It. Just, I have no clue what I had for breakfast oh, yesterday. Nobody's oh, that's ever gonna get one, mad if you forget breakfast. their name. <laughs> I don't remember names. Yeah, yeah what's your name? To, yeah, right. Uh, when Martin? I used to teach swim lessons, good story. We can break off for this. Um, <laughs> I didn't learn the kids' names until the last day of swim lessons oh. when I had to learn their names to make them report cards. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> it was just, hey, you, or yeah, you. All right, you're going to oh, do this. Man. And um, I, yeah, it was... I got to em- say. Embarrassing to say it? I don't know, <laughs> well, maybe. But yeah, no, terrible with names. And they rotated relatively quick, too, anyway. It was only a handful of weeks sure. for swim lesson thing. That's so why- it always changes. And I'd remember if they were like, you know, if the same kid was still in the same lesson, yeah. remember their face after you learning remember the quirky one, the, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You always remember one of them. Remember their face after mm-hmm. learning it from, you know, doing the report card, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I always give teachers mad credit that I cannot believe some of the classes I've been in. I didn't remember everyone in the class. Yeah. Like 30 plus and students. They've got everyone's, name. They everyone's name. They'll down. ask them questions about their personal life. I mean, if you're a teacher, you must be great with working with kids. Cause I feel like I could never remember that kind of stuff. I can't remember names at all. Um, names that rooming names. I feel like is its own skill. It really is. I mean, it's kind of one of those like uh, intrinsic, like human traits. You just are baked into your mind. You remember like you, you see a face and you know, it's different, but being able to put a name to the face is always a, uh, a, a challenging uh, task for a lot of people, me included, but I think a lot of people say that. I think in general, it's just hard to do, you know, because you, you, how many people do you see a day, you know? A lot, <laughs> a lot. probably. Yeah. Well, that depends on if you work from home or anything like well, that. Well, yeah, but even in then. In general, I mean, a lot. How many times, you know, you go to the grocery store, how many people do you think you've encountered? <laughs> it's a like lot. hundred, maybe? I don't know. It's crazy to think about. But yeah. you don't really interact with many of the people at the grocery right. store. Right, like, and that's, you I see that's them part of it. in passing or whatever, sure. but it's not like you're interacting with them or yeah. really like learning about them. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're NPCs. an extra in a movie. <laughs> right, exactly. NPCs. They have I guess no in real, some sense, yeah. Anyone who you don't know is an NPC. That's that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> you heard it here first. Circling back to the original uh, thought about uh, memories, I don't. Yeah, know you should that be I like have... the middle one, right? You... Yeah, you you would think. <laughs> I mean, we've already presented the extremes. I don't really have. Maybe this is a, a middle of the road. Uh, I don't have any vivid memories from like very early on. I have a lot of scattered memories that I've at least been able to confirm with my parents and be like, "Hey, I kind of remember this. Did this happen?" They'll be like, "Oh yeah, this is how the rest of it happened." But it's so true that a lot of the memories especially early on really are just like manufactured in the head and they are confirmation bias of like, well, I remember this is what happened because my parents told me this or my older siblings yeah, told me that's, this that's where and I, was I choose to remember discussion. that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like I, I've, I've, I know that many of my memories are fabricated yeah. because <laughs> I know lot, mine are. Yeah. A lot of my, like a, a good number of memories from my uh, younger years are in the third person. 
from oh, third yeah. person photographs right. and I've taken that and converted it to a memory sure. subconsciously. And it's like it's a real to me. Exactly. But obviously it's not real because it's in the third person. Right. Well, so you're, well, yours isn't a question of whether or not it happened, but whether or not you remember it happened. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, yeah right. I don't, re- I know right. it happened obviously, sure. but I don't remember it well. And if I do, it's in the third person because there's a sure. photograph or I've been told about it. It's so it's crazy. It's such an interesting thing because obviously then those memories, they're technically real to an extent. Right, they actually yeah. happened. Embellished rather than But it's not a real memory. Entirely. It never happened. I was not there. It's not something I physically sure. like saw. Yeah. I experienced it maybe, mm-hmm. but then the memory itself is in the third person. So it's really sure. hard to put that sort of thing into words and explain, but... right. Yeah, I yeah. I also especially have that problem with fabricated memories and dreams. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. yes. How do you sounds like it? <laughs> well, an interesting and, and it's actually very interesting you brought that up because um, one fun thought experiment I had in philosophy class, and I'll, and I'll stand by it. As somebody who is very down to earth and meticulous in my engineering work, I loved philosophy in college, and it was one of my favorite classes. Um, we had one of the arguments in class of like, can you prove that you are awake? Can you prove you're not dreaming right now? And you can't. And so far, nobody has been able to definitively prove that. Um, but you, you brought that up that it's so easy to manufacture your own memories to the point where you don't even know if they're true or not. Um, you know, you remember a dream and it happened, but it didn't really happen. Um, or you think you're awake right now, but you could just be dreaming that. Like, that's that's one of those things that it's like, it's so hard to trust the mind um, that it's so interesting to think of like, well, you know, computers are so ones and zeros. They're, they're very discreet. You yeah, know exactly. exactly. What's happening, but there, we can yeah, never there's even, count there, on anything yeah. to be true. Yeah, right. right? There's either memory. It know? exists or it doesn't. Right. It's as simple as that. It's on or off. So it's very yeah. interesting to be so mm, juxtaposed having the the ones and zeros on my, uh, you know, my blueprints on my code in front of me and knowing everything is exact and it's exactly what it's supposed to be. And it was predicted to be that way. And that's what I knew uh, was going to happen versus I don't even know, you know, what did I do yesterday? I don't remember. (laughs) Maybe that was two weeks ago. Maybe it didn't happen. Uh, Whatever. Where am I? Who am I? I don't know. Computer's (laughs) memory is going to change is if you told it to change. Sure. Maybe there's a bug in your code that caused it to change. But even then you told it to change. Yeah. Even if you didn't anticipate the bug. Yes. Or maybe it gets hit with an x-ray or something and causes a single bit (laughs) to flip but it's nowhere near as extreme as just fabricating a memory like imagine if your computer just you know you woke up one day turned on your computer and suddenly there's a massive file in ram that your computer just randomly has i mean windows kind of sometimes yeah that's the point like it's a valid like you know chunk of ram it's like a photograph or something that you never put in ram and nothing made like that like memory is not the right word for it because it's too predictable and too exact. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although something else. it's really interesting though, because uh, fundamentally at its base with computers, they're ones and zeros. Right. And like mm-hmm. you said, whenever something's happened, something caused that thing to happen most mm-hmm. of the time. Right. Based on sure. what we've been able to achieve as of right now. Right. But with AI, it's taking those fundamental uh, building blocks, mm-hmm. turning them into neural networks, into these systems mm-hmm. that um, you kind of can't necessarily predict Right. Exactly how a thing trains you can't or learns. Exactly how it's training or learning, but right. you know that it works. You know, you know same principle. You know the zeros. output and input, but you don't know what happens in that black box. That's what always scared right. me. Right? It's, yeah, kind it's of some stuff algorithm which converts the, you know, converts a one into a zero in a certain case, depending sure. on some number of inputs. 
or a zero into a one based on some other number of inputs. Yeah, yeah, right. It's kind of this case where there's like order and chaos and then order again, you know? So it's like we have the chaos of our real world and it feels like very wishy-washy. Sure. Like what is our memories? That's a chaos of it. And then there's the order of like a computer that it like does everything the same way. And sure. like between day one and day five, like the bits are exactly identical and the same. Mm-hmm. And then there's AI on top of it where it's taken that and become more fuzzy again. It's interesting that you make that order and chaos uh kind of point there just that how unusual it is and how even rare randomness is in computing um that that we have to seed the entropy pool i learned about the entropy pool finally when i had to do some uh, work on a what is the entropy pool for so people? here's a fun uh fun little story I'll, a little aside about this i guess um i ran into a problem um on an embedded linux device and i'll leave it at that that i was working at um working on at work and one of the problems we had was that when we enabled ssh so you have now ssl which is your secure sockets layer. Of course, that's going to be your encryption. So when you talk, you chit chat on the network, you want to make sure that somebody overhearing it wouldn't know what it is. So you use a cipher. Um, you're basically encrypting your traffic. And I'll leave it at that. But to have that randomness um, uh, generated in some place in the operating system then allows you to always have um, a new way of encrypting your information. So of course, if you use the same code every time, somebody else might be able to break that code. Um, so what you want to do is use randomness um, so that your code is always a secret and only the person you're, you're chattering with on the network knows what it is. Um, so in, in Linux specifically, of course, there's something called the entropy pool. And the way you seed that or, or, or feed it um, randomness is, of course, through the user. And sometimes yep. there are some other ways to see the entropy pool, which I Time. learned. Um, some of the ways that I found we could do without user interaction was like CPU clock jitter. So, of course, your um, CPU is mm. clicking, clacking maybe a million or a billion times a second. Um, but the frequency is not perfect, um, perhaps. Right. So you can Wiggles use the jitter, the, the, dis, uh, the difference uh, in what was expected to seed the entropy pool. Maybe it was a little early and you, and you give it a one. And it was a little late and you give it a zero. I mean, of course, there's so many sensors inside the processor. Maybe there's the temperature sensor on your CPU. Um, if your CPU runs a little hot, okay, now we've got new data that w- wasn't there before and wasn't predictable. Right, um, and you can least combine all that together right. to get more entropy, right? So you have this massive uh, network of all these sensors and, and ways of gathering randomness, including the user. So, of course, um, the touchscreen was our best way of seeding our entropy pool. And what we found was that if you didn't touch the tablet, it would take a minute and a half to boot which is really bad. I mean, we were looking for like seconds or at least on the order of like 10 or 20 seconds, but I was very suspicious that this was the problem. So I, I rubbed my finger all over the screen for three seconds, seated the entry pool, booted up right away. So I was like, how is it that I can make this boot faster just by swiping my hand all over the screen? But that's exactly it is computers are so hard at being, or they're so bad at being random that uh, getting that randomness is something you really have to try um, to gather. So it's very interesting to just think about now having this AI, uh, you know, integration into our everyday uh, computing. Now we kind of have sort of a, a, a non-predictable part of computing that's so hard for us to visualize as being these chaotic, random-generating beings. Um, we're trying to think, how is this machine more like me, more like a human that's, you know, thinking and, and breathing and random in all of those interactions? Um, it's it's kind of scary. Some people, you know, see themselves in computers and, and start to worry and think, this isn't natural. This isn't what I'm used to, you know. So it's just an interesting thought experiment to compare that order and chaos of like, well, now now we can't be too sure what's under the hood, even when we're looking right at it. 
And it only gets worse from here. So <laughs> oh, it's not getting any it's better. It's not getting right. any better. Sure, yeah. It's going to be used in more and more places oh, to do yeah. more and more different things, like driving cars. Yeah, that, that's another one, yeah. We, we want everything to be predictable. And uh, humans are not. really bad yeah. at predictable uh, behaviors. So. I have an that, interesting side as well. Sure. Um, which is, you mentioned um, seeing, like humans seeing themselves in machines, mm-hmm. you know? And I will never forget, like I was in robotics in high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I... Um, remember making this robot from scratch, you mm-hmm. know, using nothing but, you know, uh, in a group of friends and myself, mm-hmm. like, you know, tinkering with this right. and knowing uh, the stuff. And we ended up building something that ended up being like this physical robot that did stuff. It's alive. Right. And, and it was crazy <laughs> for me to see, like, especially because, especially when I made it autonomous and I programmed it with yep. autonomous oh, programs. Yeah. yeah. Seeing other people, uh, like, for example, like other people in my family, mm-hmm. when they would see it, they gave it a personality and they were like, <laughs> Oh, right. this thing, like it's, it's real, you know, it's like a human, like it right. behaves in this way because like with how I programmed it, sure. it happened to do certain things kind of weird just cause mm-hmm. I, I'm it's junky at programming, right. you know, yeah, yeah, in high school. yeah, sure. <laughs> right. And so it was wild to me. It's like, you think this person's a human, but it's something like I physically made. Right. Like, right. Yep. I made this human like physically, like that blew my mind. Is I it remember. greater than the sum of its parts? That's the ultimate <laughs> question, I suppose. Yeah. Not really. It's just running basic C. Well, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of funny to even think about having a, a personality because the second you In fact, you I don't even that, think it's C. It's like some weird interpolated layer of C because I know what... Uh, yeah, it's robot C. Oh, yeah, it's robot, robot C. C. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like some weird interpolated sort of C where you're not actually yeah. writing C code. They've got sure. a bunch of weird functions already pre-made for you. Yep. Which is really and convenient so for getting It is really convenient that's, that's for like high schoolers it. and middle schoolers oh, to jump on that bandwagon. But yeah, I bet now a lot of people are now having that question where they kind of build something like that that moves or or acts on its own accord or at least it seems to another person and they think well yeah you might think that like uh, how it's so hard online it i would say maybe impossible to tell if you're chatting with a real person or a bot i mean at this point in time though i mean right like look at look at some of the personal assistants and stuff though right oh yeah you like ask your personal assistant to do a thing but it's not a natural conversation. Yeah. Like it always has to be like a dedicated known sure. command right. already. You're not going to like have a normal conversation with it. Please do this. Right. If you wouldn't mind also do this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense to that. Yes. It needs to be do this. Yes. Yeah, syntactically, this. you know, yeah. there's a certain well, way you have to talk to computers for them to understand you. Right. Now. But, but that's the yeah, question. Yeah, certainly of like, well, in the future, that's going to change. change and yeah. That's terrifying. Uh, Alexa actually has a, um, I'm so sorry for people at oh. home with uh, their yeah. devices. Well, uh, only if they <laughs> use speakers. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but uh, that device, uh, the Amazon device, I'll call it. There you now. go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the Amazon, the Amazon device. Amazon wiretap. Yes, the voice, <laughs> the voice <laughs> assistant slash wiretap, whichever you prefer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Oh, gosh. You've rattled me. Sorry, uh, we've got another chill. So sorry. The Amazon device uh, has a way that normally it does operate exactly how you said. Uh, Mm -hmm. You give it preset commands and Mm -hmm. it'll do those commands. Mm -hmm. But there is a thing that you can say where you say, uh, Amazon device, uh, let's talk or let's chat. And it'll open up one of the, uh, a couple of, um, actually, let me start again with this other preface is that Amazon as a company Mm -hmm. hosts this tournament where it's, they wanted to make chat bots. Oh. Uh -oh. And, um, Whenever you say Amazon device, let's talk. I think that's the way, right? It might be something slightly similar. Sure. What they'll do is they'll instantiate one of those different uh, chatbots that they have, like in a ro- rolling pool. Right. And yep. then you'll talk with it. And uh, the one who's supposed to be the most lifelike, uh, after you're done talking with it, you rate it. 
and then over time, that's yeah, scary. they're trying to improve that's them over time. I'm sure. Exactly. That's scary? That's yeah. terrifying. I, I mean, it's kind of terrifying, I guess. Oh my but gosh. but the whole idea then is like you have a friend to talk to if you want, or yeah. is it someone? To yeah, I'm like, gonna talk with my AI friend that reports well, everything I say to the NSA. It, oh if, man, you, you know what? If I mean, so does your real friend. So everyone around you is a bot. It's so impossible to tell online. Yeah, that's that. That's really scary. I mean, cause no, even in person. What does Amazon want it for? They just want it so that they can <laughs> say, hi, my name is Bill and I'm here to help you about the problem you had with your order. And maybe it's not even a real person because it saves them however $12 an hour or whatever. Yeah, you know, they're like paying that. somebody to do well, that. Well, 10 cents a day if you're in India or something. Oh, right? I, yeah, yeah. You hate to see it. Didn't but, Apple prove that? I don't know. Well, that's, that's an interesting thing. It was like, well, what else could they do with that? Because I mean, we know that Amazon is a big company that is more interested in you as a data mining uh, uh, resource. You as a source of data. Than, right. Then they yeah. are as, you know, maybe just somebody who buys products because how much money does Amazon make just selling you products online or even selling businesses products. They, they still make, make plenty of information or ma plenty of money selling you products online. And I know they because do, they're tracking I mean, what products you buy. Yeah, everything you click course, is tracked. Yeah, right. So it spirals back to you are the product. Not only do they know, I mean, they, they basically know exactly what you're looking at at this point. So now it's like a question of, well, what That's are they an interesting thought. I wonder how accurately they could predict anytime you log into Amazon, what your next search is going to be. Oh, I'm they, sure they do. They serve you the next yeah, on the right. top of the page. I mean, what do you recommend? Think they, they but say, I wonder yeah. how accurately they could predict. But there's any a, random user. There's that story Amazon though looks. of like this parent walking into, I think it was like a Target or something like that, and mm -hmm. they're like, "What on earth are you guys doing? I need to speak to your manager. <laughs> My daughter is getting recommendations for baby products, and uh, are you telling yeah. her that she should be irresponsible and and conceive a child? She's 15. <laughs> oh, how dare geez. you send my child this? And then the next week he strolls in and he goes, I'm so sorry. I have to apologize. There's something that I did not realize was happening. And uh, I sincerely apologize. Yeah. Whereas and that turns, is a terrifying thought. And target. I don't know. I mean, it's anecdotally whether or not it's true. And I'm sure there is a seed of truth to it already. And I'm target sure that's happened before. Target knew the daughter was pregnant that, before the dad did. Terrifying. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. How You'd think just how many reference links and how many clicks were tracked on somebody's activity to be able to determine that about them. I mean, have you guys ever looked at what Google knows about you? I did this once. Way too much. I oh, try. You, I you try. My next phone is going to run either Ubuntu Touch or a non-Google version of Lineage OS. So you're already there. I'm you're gonna, like, I'm not doing this I already, anymore. I already know how much oh, they track man. every single thing. If oh, you man. use Google text to speech to text your friends, mm -hmm. For however long you've used it, all of it is logged. You can oh, look yeah. at your account and see messages that you sent 12 years ago. Uh -huh. Just okay. immediately. Just so right there. You already I know. know. I already know. My think. next phone is not going to run Google. <laughs> okay. And it's not going to be an Apple phone either. It's literally going to probably be Ubuntu Touch. Okay. Like the problem is you give up a lot of functionality by doing that. that. Is, you what gain functionality privacy, do you I use? I gain privacy because I use my phone for Reddit and sending messages. And that's, that's interesting. because that For me, perfect use case. That's the most important I don't have to do. Yeah, exactly. Privacy is very important to me, which is why I don't publish information about myself online. Okay. So I feel like to me, I have a, a pretty good balance of the privacy and the convenience because I definitely know, um, you know, there are things I don't want tracked. There are things that I don't um, want cookies enabled for. And I usually will choose to reject them if I'm given the option. But I do like having the ability to say, and this is, you know, a stupid example, but let's say, oh, gee, you know, here's a picture from... 2016. I don't know where this was taken. I can go back into my GPS history and look exactly that date, that time where I was. Yeah. And whereas it's private to me, that doesn't mean that it's 
completely secure. And that is an interesting part of that social contract that I'm opening up. I am allowing Google to save that for me and use it however they will. I know they, they're usually pretty good about saying we're not going to use this, you know, to, yeah, there's good about saying it, such and such about it. it? I'm, I'm one that I usually, I prefer to read the privacy policy because they typically try to, at least I've I've started reading privacy policies in terms of services. Because I want to know, like for Samsung health, I just got a Samsung phone and I, they said, Hey, here's some stuff. Do you want to agree to like have this and this and this, you know, integrated in. And I read the privacy policies and one of them, one of the uh, check boxes was like, do you want to send non-anonymous health data? And they said, they'll use information about you. And I was like, hell no, I don't. That's no, I don't want to send that to you. Like, I feel like anonymous data, that's fine. If you want to know how much this, you know, 22 to 28 year old person who lives in like this region in the United States and has all the other demographics, you want to know how many steps I take a day. That's fine. Maybe somebody can use that information to make a better, model for health overall in the US. Maybe not, whatever. They're probably just gonna make a couple bucks off of it and move on to the next project. But I think like there's a certain amount I'm willing to give. But yeah, you you have to ask that question. Where do you stop? Where do you say no? Where do you draw the line? I see one other issue with that though. You're giving them that data. They're selling the data and making oh, the money. Yeah. You're not seeing a dime of that. Well, right? I know that. Like, I guess you're not seeing a dime of the be... physical money, but you're gaining the service still. Right, and that's the that's the thing. Sure, is they like but say, the well, service when... could be substituted for something else that doesn't well, track. Sure, it, of course, right? and that's that's I guess where it ultimately boils down to. Because that was my my primary factor was they said, well, if you don't provide this certain amount of information every time I check a box, then some features won't be available to you. And I thought, hmm let me pick and choose. And that's ultimately where I was. I think I checked everything but a couple boxes here and there. And I'm happy with what I chose, but I, I know that what I'm doing is, you know, I'm, I'm accepting a social contract that I may be more exposed now to a certain gap in privacy, whereas other people, especially like yourself, you may find that you are um, more comfortable in what you've chosen. So um, yeah, right. What, like, I'm curious to think so what you think. I'm, I'm really, you it's, really, here, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. So I, I'm going to spoil it and say we have an extreme shown in the middle. <laughs> I am the other extreme. Okay, oh, okay. you share yeah. it all. I huh? am, yeah, totally. Closer to Chandler, share it all. Then. I, right. And what's your credit card number? I, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, man, can you tell me sure. your social? Right, right. Like, first since, since you're sharing it all. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last four digits of your social, please. Sure. <laughs> because I view it as like these social, these superpowers that I'm g- gathering. Sure. And yes. it is hypothetically possible for myself to be damaged by this in the future. For example, I might have to pay more for health insurance in mm-hmm. the future because sure. some data of mine gets leaked, for example. Mm-hmm. Or maybe hypothetically, I I was going to say, maybe hypothetically it's possible for someone to get my uh, social security number and or like credit card information easier, sure. but I, dis- I disagree. I am at same right. roughly uh, that way at least mm-hmm. um, as an I average person. I think that there is also nuance here though, right? You can be very open, but you can still have good security. You can sure. still have good infosec. If you use right. a password manager and Which I do. passwords, exactly. <laughs> yes. You can share a whole bunch of information, but as long as you keep that locked down mm-hmm. well, uh, you're not going to leak your credit card numbers or you're sure. not going to get hacked in right. the way that you know some people think of that. On the other side of, side mm-hmm. of the spectrum... If you're the most private person in the world, there's some level of privacy through obscurity, obviously. Right. But if your password is one Using for your bank Linux. account, <laughs> it's pretty easy to hack into your bank account. Sure. That and you have hundreds of accounts, thousands of accounts now for different websites. How oh, are you absolutely. keeping track of all of those yourself <laughs> sure. in it's your impossible. head? It's like physically exactly. impossible as a human. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but I guess the weird thing though is like going from one extreme to another extreme, which I am. Like mm-hmm. I'm like use everything. I guess the, I got one other thing I want to say is that one of the reasons why I'm okay with giving away most of my data is I find it 
very unlikely that it will actually hurt me. Sure. I think I don't do anything illegal. I don't do anything right. uh, that I think is really controversial, I guess. Right. Um, who knows? You know, I might get canceled see, tomorrow. The funny yeah. thing is, I but see that as detrimental to those of us who want to share or keep our data. And that private, is a really good point. Right? That's the biggest Everyone thing says, I ever saw. Oh, well, I have nothing to hide. The right. instant you have something to hide, the government bashes down your door and shoots you in the head. Okay. And whereas, again, <laughs> I, we're, if we're talking extremes, in extremes, they paint pictures. Paint uh, the best pictures. But it's a great point. You've got to it's understand. It's a great point, right? You, I have nothing you can't to hide. Give up rights Suddenly, just because you think you don't need them. Right. Exactly. You can't. You have to protect those rights sure. for the other people who want to right. like, have those rights. That's, that's where it becomes the slippery slope, right? I, I don't yeah, think right. there's any and problem with oversharing data. And I don't think you would right? be oversharing. But you got, yeah, you definitely have to know, at least there should always be that opportunity for somebody to say, absolutely not. I, I want to remain fully private and have a company be able to respect that as well as they respect somebody who says, I'm happy to participate in all your studies and give all the data away that you can make hundreds of dollars off a year. I don't care, you know? And yeah. I, but one thing is, is like people who are like keeping all of their data super duper private mm -hmm. versus someone who's, uh, letting their data all flow mm -hmm. is I feel like one additional pro, I guess, in the letting all the data flow mm -hmm. category is that it's letting the world hypothetically get to a point quicker where it's okay that the government hypothetically, let's say in this, you know, crazy situation bench is understanding that everyone <laughs> is human and yes. it allows for that communication to happen and for that to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Whereas in everyone being private, that's like saying, we know that there's problems, but let's fix a solution by just denying that there is a problem mm -hmm. and just hiding the fact that it is a problem. Sure. So I, I you, like want like the rephrase that. I don't fully. Uh, I, what, I wonder if, and let me understand it. I just want to see if I'm getting this correctly. Sure. Are you saying that there's maybe a, an overall, a better societal benefit to having people that want to share that kind of information that would not be achieved otherwise if people were all completely private about their, their information? Uh, yes, except that uh, there's two other things I want to say on top of it, which mm -hmm. is like, one, it's pushing our society in the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. However, it does run the risk where, uh, there's a second thing I want to say, it runs the risk where if, let's say, the government decides, no, everyone has to be perfect humans, oh. that <laughs> it you end up in this dichotomy where, by definition, you're not perfect, and because you're not perfect, you'll do something that's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you will get shot in the face. Oh, yeah, okay. right. You, do, <laughs> like, you make one streets. mistake. I don't know. Something minor or whatever. Sure. And now suddenly, your, well, or your um, I don't know, your ability to live is impacted because... <laughs> how do I line. make this an extreme, I guess? <laughs> I don't like know. You too. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. you, all right. Here, here's one. It's a little controversial. Let's be real. This whole discussion is controversial. There, <laughs> there's a person who uses a different pronoun or whatever than they okay. look. Maybe they use they, them, we'll say, just mm -hmm. to, you know, avoid it. You accidentally use the wrong pronoun. Okay. And mm -hmm. now suddenly your life is in danger because you used the wrong pronoun or whatever. I hope you that never shared happens. shared all that data. Yeah, I hope that never <laughs> happens. But you accidentally, you know, whatever, call it a microaggression or just a simple mistake, perhaps. Sure. Yes. And suddenly, massive issues for you because you made a mistake because you're human. So you're thinking that now yeah. maybe having this uh, uh, lens so uh, deeply focused on each individual in society, whether or not there's a person behind it, but rather an algorithm that's just constantly collecting data, you think that maybe that um, can amplify any mistake you make and definitely make it just make your life harder in general. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but, but that, that there's a possibility. I'm willing to say that there's a possibility. Yeah, yeah certainly. Yeah. It's like one way to combat it is to be like, let's just have it so that way anytime I did actually mess up, that I was private about it, it and therefore it won't get leaked. Mm -hmm. And 
we'll just pretend it never happened Mm -hmm. versus another way. I feel like we can evolve to the point where it's like someone did say this and they can accept the fact that they did it wrong Mm -hmm. and it was an accident. Sure. And uh, let's learn from it together. One way I feel like it's sweeping it under the rug and the Mm -hmm. other way I feel like it's getting to the point where we can learn as a society, but I totally agree it's not there yet. It's yeah, there. I think we're not in either part. Of <laughs> yeah, that. No, I, I would I, hope I that we're, we're moving too, towards the latter. Absolutely. I think we're too judgy of a society too, oh, absolutely, right? Yeah. Like America was originally intended as a place for everybody of all different walks of life to show up, but it almost feels like now if you are different, you get bullied. Right. Or, it's always know, been like a lofty of, goal, but it's so even hard. Even though to the country was founded with mm-hmm. the intent of everyone from every different walk of life will be able to come here and be accepted for who they are Mm -hmm. but it doesn't happen yeah the road to hell is never did intentions let's be real it never did (laughs) yeah yeah well we we know from our country's early history right we know from our country's history that that (laughs) simply never happened is it better now than it was sure but it's never going to be perfect yeah continuous improvement is definitely something that's always uh important in any group but also the societal um like forces there Mm -hmm. change right Mm -hmm. what's what's accepted three years ago isn't sure. accepted right. in, in the future or three years in the future, right? Yeah, it is so, so funny it, to it like changes, look back right? on how much What's we change as a society. What's accepted now isn't accepted sure. then. Even and in then, my lifetime. Like, yeah, you know, right, even in my God, lifetime. Five years ago, you know, you could never say something like this. You know, but it's years kind of, after I die, whatever sure. I did that was accepted is going to be unacceptable. So but it's kind of cool that will be then. <laughs> that right now we've gotten, or at least we're about to get, it feels like, to the point where we can accept the fact that back in the day, something wasn't up to our standards mm-hmm. and that that's what it was at that time, mm-hmm. right? And because of that, like moving forward, it still feels like we're having logical progression because in, like you said, in the future, we're doing stuff right now that we'll think is really bad, sure. right? Just yeah. by the nature of how history has been happening yeah. so far. But it feels cool to me, I guess, that mm-hmm. at least on, in addition to that, we, ha- we accept the fact that we are in today's time and we're doing the best we can mm-hmm. at today's time. That's ultimately what it boils down to, right? That's all you can do. Yeah. You know that it is the best you can, right? You're always going to scrutinize your past self because you have no idea what the future holds. So you got to use that to just improve yourself, I suppose, and, and try to improve as a society. But that's something that, you know, try to get 100 people in a room to all agree on one thing. It's so hard to it's never know what the direction forward is. I, I'm so. willing to say it's probably never going to happen. Well, yeah. I mean, Unless everyone is exactly the same. Right. But that's, <laughs> that's not never, That's not realistic. Right. But yeah. It, but let's say that's not good because oh, then there's no diversity. Sure. Right? You need the different opinions yes. to have diversity and to have like full knowledge of the mm-hmm. whole scope of the issue, right? right? And then the if representation you only have one reference opinions. point, you don't know what else there is sure. in the issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to important to realize that there's always an opposing viewpoint and maybe there's some credit to uh, everyone. There's credit to both sides of the story and there's credit to, I don't know, three, four, five, eight sides. There is no one path forward. So So there's another thing I guess I wanted to bring up on this topic. So we have one person who, you know, is super private, one person who's super public, one person who's in the middle but chooses. But there's a fourth person demographic here that's not really represented. Hmm. And that's people, for example, like my dad or my grandmother who don't oh, know a lot no. about technology. Yeah. Well, they're on the oversharing side. They just don't know it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. They don't really have a yeah. choice, yeah. really, is the yeah. thing because yeah. they don't have that information. I yeah, think and that that's probably the most unfortunate thing, right? Yeah. I, I, I want to be private. I, the email I have the option <laughs> to be private, but it means I have to give some things up, right? Sure. My internet browser, for example, doesn't save, like it'll accept cookies and they instantly go in the trash. Nice. It doesn't save a whole bunch of stuff to be as private as possible. Mm-hmm. Blocks trackers, blocks whatever. Mm-hmm. It blocks um, 
inside the HTTP status mm -hmm. or the HTTP, the, the web address or whatever of a website, if you click to another one, it actually embeds a little tracker up there. Mm -hmm. So when you click from one site to another, the new site knows where you came from. Exactly, right. Blocking that as mm -hmm. well, a whole bunch of things. But it breaks a lot of websites. Exactly. Yep. My bank doesn't let me sign in using their app <laughs> on sure. my main browser. It just denies me. It's like, yeah, you're definitely a hacker. And there you go. And That's that, one of the things that the conveniences also, you lose out on. But you accept that. It also drives me insane. Though, yeah. Right? Because <laughs> right. it literally is just saying, yeah, you're not allowed to have privacy because well. we think you're a hacker. And yeah. so it drives me <laughs> We know how bad insane. code is. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. It drives me insane that yeah. I can't, like, I can't choose to have privacy and continue to mm -hmm. live my life the way I do. Yeah, it's more Obviously, challenging to live that lifestyle. Yeah, it really is. Certainly. And less rewarding, maybe, in some in some sense. Less less rewarding in the, uh, it the is benefits you get I, from those kinds I, of things. I take uh, the benefit of not having to have my but whole yeah, that's ultimately life uploaded the to the internet. And that I was rather, always yours to choose. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But it's so hard. In order to even gain that information, um, which in the case like my grandmother, she doesn't seem to be interested in learning, but sure. Uh, but I mean, that's fair. You know, there's it's an age time, where you, you stop know? caring. Yeah, I exactly. feel like I derailed but, this. Let's go back to, to Kyle's thing though, right? Yeah. Your, your grandmother doesn't have the knowledge. And mm -hmm. so the default is, yes, I want to give you all this information and not knowing to click no or uncheck the box or whatever. They'll just continue or use the biggest button. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. My grandma the, doesn't no, even read it. This is always a tiny little button. Right. It's never a big one. My grandma doesn't even read it. She's like, sure. this thing's in my yeah, way. You, you know, get it out of my way. Yeah, okay. right. Exactly. Yeah, right. I mean, I've done some of that before as well, but then yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, subconsciously realize and then go back and uncheck the box or uninstall the software and reinstall it to uncheck that box. And it all started with a but, string of emails nobody asked for. And then we realized, oh, maybe I did agree to something I shouldn't have. So, right, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Some, some learn early and some never learn. I see uh, 1,400 new emails in your inbox. Maybe maybe you didn't learn yet. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> yeah. sounds suspiciously like my inbox. Yeah, right. so, you know. Here's a small fun fact. I believe it is required by law that if you have like a subscription feed to something like hmm. which is anything online that you sure. click uh send my email to them or whatever and then you get a bunch of emails for them in their email it's required that they have an unsubscribe link how so many how many companies do you think violate that though very few I, i'd say actually. i've had more than pretty good luck just because subscribing from things at least in my experience yeah me too I, actually eh, see this is also something that infuriates me my browsers don't send that tracking oh, information yeah. <laughs> i can click on subscribe and nothing happens because they have no clue who unsubscribed <laughs> right. request, and yeah. it drives me insane that's hilarious yeah. it's sort of funny it is sort of funny when it happens i'm like oh, oh god geez. damn it not yeah. again one of the inconveniences <laughs> yeah. of living the private lifestyle online it's it's definitely not what the internet was designed for so i mean yeah you definitely no. feel like you're kind of against the grain when you're just trying oh to i know i'm against the grain you know? i mean well, i don't know three people agree with me and everyone well, else is just like lie I have all my information. That's sure. me. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's where uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Web 3.0. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Is I don't know what the, it is. Like, is this whatever Chrome is using for their new extensions or whatever, so that they can block like ad block and make that sure was? that none of that works? I don't know though. I I'm actually don't. About that. I'm not familiar with that particular aspect. Mm. But what Web 3 hypothetically is, and this is an abridged version, of course, and oh, yeah. or like could be totally wrong. So sure. feel free to Google it. And, uh, <laughs> we'll accept it. You know, etc. Um. But to my knowledge, Web3 is a set of new style technologies, normally leveraging the blockchain uh, and or NFTs and or a set of other structures Ooh, where... Lots of buzzwords. Yep. <laughs> yeah, way too Instead much buzzwords. Instead of going to up. like a corporation for your online activities, which is what we do today, mm -hmm. in order to go online, you go to Facebook or to Reddit or to, you know, YouTube or to one of these big conglomerates and you mm -hmm. go and you are on their website. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to structure the internet to where it is more private, to where you have more peer-to-peer communication directly. Okay. Uh, so closer to like a mesh network or something. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Very unusual, at least in the current infrastructure of the internet. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so the, hypothetically, where the people are saying, you know, Web 1.0 was just HTML and you could read right. online on your device. Web 2.0 was like what we have today, which is like these building of these services and you can use these services and crazy cool stuff happens. Trackers. Yep. But but that comes at the cost sure. of this cost and, and privacy mm-hmm. and tracking and stuff. So Web 3.0 is supposed to be like the next generation of these uh, things. But it's really hard because if you're talking about the masses, like all of us happen to be really interested in technology. So we know mm-hmm. some of the background that you need to know right. in order to even like, like think about the average person, like, do you want to accept our cookies? Like, I like cookies, right? Like, right, exactly. Yeah, right. Cinnamon, is it cinnamon no cookies? Right, cookie exactly. Is. Who cares? Is it, right. it's a chocolate chip? Right. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> it sounds fun. They're friendly. Yeah. It sounds like, fun. They're friendly. Just a little sticky robots note right on your browser. Oh, wait. Yeah. What do you mean it identifies me personally? Yeah, yeah right. and a lot of websites, if you don't accept the cookies, they just won't let you into the website. So they're like, oh, oops, I did something wrong. Let me go and hit the accept button. Sorry, you can't use this website. Yeah, right, exactly. So yeah, it's interesting. They never phrase it as like a tracking cookies. It's always going to be a third party cookie or an yeah, analytics exactly. cookie. You know, yep. the good stuff. You love automatically yeah. block you those, want. please. Right. Yeah. Oh, wait, I need this cookie. Cool. I'll accept this cookie. Mm-hmm. Bin. <laughs> I have noticed, though, and this sort of bothers me. I wonder if you feel the same that um, you always have the big green accept all cookies. Oh, yeah. And then there's no longer, or at least not always, the reject all right. third party it's, cookies. It's uh, the click cookie customize. settings. Oh, let yeah. Me, yeah, let me yeah. let me go into my cookie settings because I, I guarantee there's nobody in there that doesn't know what a cookie is going in to customize how they're being tracked online. So yeah. they, they are... Mm, I, I have some thoughts about how the, uh, the, the marketing world ties into there. And I, I think it's a little bit uh, like they're being dishonest, maybe just by omission. So mm, it's, it's, it's questionable, you know, when you think the about The other thing to like think ethics. about, though, maybe if we jump back to some of the stuff that Rob says, mm-hmm. it's also terrifying to know oh, yeah, what's going to get like legislated and regulated <laughs> on in the internet. How many decades because, behind is the yeah, legislation? Yeah, right. We no, all know already. that the, decade, like, the <sighs> legislation lags behind mm-hmm. by at least one, if not two decades. All these guys in so, Congress are writing laws about the internet and they yeah, don't know right. what the Anyone, hell, they, they don't yeah, know how to right, check exactly. their email, you know? They, like, uh, blah, blah, blah. This here is not lawful, oh even though gosh. it should be or whatever, because some big lobbying company uh, wants it to be Don't illegal. get me started on lobbying. And, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. maybe we should cut that there and move <laughs> on. It yeah. changes topics, but long story short, it's a problem that probably we should look at as a society. Yeah. It's going to have to be looked at at I, some point. I Just hope it gets solved when. sooner rather than later, but I'm not optimistic. I'm I'll realistic. I'll throw in one last thing, <laughs> is that we're, we're the generation that knows everything that's going on. Yeah. Next generation, like ahead of us, mm-hmm. has grown up on smartphones. Oh, yeah. Don't know how to use the internet. Don't know how to use, you know, they know how to go to TikTok and look at their haha funny video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? They don't know what all the other stuff is. And the generation before us doesn't know like all the terms and hasn't sure. learned because they never needed to, right? That's actually interesting you brought that up. This makes me think uh, maybe this would be a good topic of discussion. I'm curious. And maybe this is, uh, you know, a little bit of a wishy-washy question anyway. But um, Specifically, I wonder now that, of course, we are the generation, at least they consider us Gen Z age, um, where we grew up oh, with the Internet. Know, That's man. kind of the rough definition. And I mm-hmm. I did only because um, my dad worked for um, an engineering firm 
So in the 90s, he worked with computers. Um, there were a lot of people that still didn't work with computers at that point, which you know, it sounds pretty strange at this point, but we had a home computer with Windows 95 that we upgraded to Windows 98, that then we had Windows XP. And then like, I feel like we always got a new stage of hardware at that point in the year where you know suddenly everything has doubled or tripled uh, in, in capacity. Um, but I had dial-up internet since I can remember. So I always had internet access. Um, but of course, my sister was kind of at that line where she grew up in the 90s and didn't really use the internet up until you know the late 90s early 2000s um and now of course when we think that this is just some uh, prevalent thing at least in our part of the world of course the privileged part of the world um where we have internet access and we have all this uh, access to technology um it's so interesting to just think about how uh sketchy of a landscape it is to to raise children where there's always going to be access to god knows what on the internet and of course i never worried about you know my parents at least didn't worry about what I was doing online because I was like, haha, paint is fun. Look at the colors. And I was like, let me look up Tonka <laughs> Raceway online. Like I wasn't doing anything, um, you know, particularly uh, unsafe only because uh, maybe I didn't know the full You didn't know. You, you click on Happy Tree Fence and you're like, ha right. ha ha colors. But YouTube yeah. didn't exist <laughs> when I was playing around. Friends. So I didn't oh, have to worry man. about scary That's Russian videos that are posed to be children videos, but then they have like these horrifying scenes that are interspersed between them. So, I mean, I feel like now... Um, there's still like a wishy-washy protection of children on the internet that again, legislation just lags so far behind. Yeah. Some um, of it has been thrown on YouTube. They're trying to like right, do yeah. it. Right. My they're, question they're trying. is how much do we have to protect the children though? Right. It's so much. Think of the children, but they're more mature than you well, think. What I was getting at. It depends. What I wanted sure, to get like, at is. If they're five years old, are children? they mature? If they're five years old, they probably shouldn't be looking at, you know, whatever. Should they not be? The but, problem is like, if you have a five-year-old that does grow up with the internet and a five-year-old that doesn't grow up with the internet, the five-year-old that's not growing up with the internet is at a huge disadvantage. Right, absolutely. But the person, but the child that is growing up with the internet might just, based on random chance, based mm -hmm. on what they happen to click on, <laughs> might, might also be scarred for <laughs> life. Right. Yeah, right. So, so, might also be scarred for life. Plus, there's also the whole addiction thing where oh, many of yeah. the websites on yeah. the internet are designed to get you addicted. Well, I mean, you see how even in like a restaurant these days, I don't hear a lot of screaming children anymore because all I see is like tapping mm. with the pacifier. I never on the thought phone. about that. That's and, crazy. You're and right. It's, it's yeah. so weird to think that, I mean, just how inseparable technology inseparable uh, technology is from the kids, I would wonder, and again, I don't know what your like lifestyle plans I, are. Maybe you don't have them yet, but are you guys planning on having children? And if you are, what would be your plan? I mean, how would you regulate technology as not only a, like this infinite resource, but also as this like potential danger and the risks associated with like exposing your child online? <laughs> well, I don't have to think about this because I like don't kids. want children. See, and no. that's great. That's just, So you already kind of know your standpoint. And that's great. And I, I, I feel like having that uh, privacy standpoint that you it's have. It's just such it, a massive it, it works financial out well. investment. Right. Well, and yeah. it's another person yeah. that I have to Exactly. Although, I, can, I can barely take care of myself. And that's a good thing. Having person, kids is terrible right. for the environment. Like, but I, I don't it's a part to, of the man. human experience, at least for most people. And Sure, yeah. I can find happiness without children, though. And that's what's I think there's also a societal aspect of that, though, mm -hmm. where as a species, we're expected to be oh, happy yeah, and absolutely. have children. Right. Yes, that's true. But I've accepted that I don't sure. have to have children to be happy. Well, and that's that's great. So you answered my question. Well, I'm curious, though, is what your um, opinion is. And again, if you don't have one now, maybe you can just uh, let me know what you're thinking. Yeah. So I, I think hypothetically, yes, I guess I eventually I do want children, I sure. think. Uh, at this point, but it could always change, of course. Right. Exactly. And who knows? And, you know, who knows what's going to happen a year from now? We've already been over this. Yep, exactly. But uh, for your question, which is like, how should I regulate them? I am of, it's, it's so hard because I'm of the air of, I want to give my kid the best chance that they can have. Sure. And therefore they need to be able to use the internet. Right. The problem is like, 
how do I maximize the chances that they mm -hmm. don't get scarred for life? Exactly. So is it, do I let them get scarred and then be able to retroactively like help them and give them resources to mm -hmm. where they can talk about it and understand what's going on? Right. Or do I make it so that way I'm constantly monitoring what they do, but then you're being too overbearing. Sure. Right. And then they, and there's the whole rebel stuff. Of, right. Yeah. Why is he doing this? Exactly. I'm going to go against that. And Isn't there also like some term where it's like, if you have like a, uh, uh, there, there's two types of children children who like go out of their house like late at night and uh and their parents let them go out at night mm -hmm. and then there's the overbearing parent that doesn't let their child go out at night right but they just the do but more sneakily window right, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah like the child's gonna, gonna do whatever do what right do. Yeah, exactly it just depends if you you know yes. let them do it or if you don't let them do it in which case they're right. gonna find a more dangerous way to do it sure yeah right and you want to try to maximize hypothetically that communication between right. exactly parent and child which and becomes I, I increasingly think, difficult as they grow older and that's absolutely. the one thing that i wonder about you know i think your best bet is to teach them how to use the internet safely sure right you have to you have to give them the ability to think for themselves. You right. have to give them common sense and the ability to analyze and see this is a dangerous website. Mm -hmm. It's deceptive and it wants to install malware right. or show you a horrifying. Which we still have to do training every quarter at work for, and we still have problems with you guys have doing to do that. Training for it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, how do I identify a phishing link? Oh, Hover like, over it, I'm, and that's black I'm magic really, for some people. I'm really <laughs> glad that I don't have to do that training, oh, although man. I get the phishing links occasionally yeah. because they you try to fish. my gift card. You know, yeah, link. right, exactly. <laughs> Your Amazon order. Right, oh. yeah. Yeah, because I use my work email to right, buy exactly. Amazon stuff. But okay, I, yeah. I know it works. I know they catch the people. Oh, who I used they to have work a tracking IT. ID on them. <laughs> yeah, I used to work IT. We, so. we caught a handful of people, you know, uh. with them. So, I mean, it's crazy to just them. think. I mean, as a parent, you have to think, well, you know, I'm responsible at least for, you know, protecting my child uh, from potentially malicious websites and maybe even potentially malicious people on online. But then you think, well, you know, what do you do? How do you ease somebody into the internet, I think is an interesting question. Because I know um, the, the latest legislation I'm aware of and on this specific topic is from 1997 with the Child Online Privacy Protection Act or COPPA, oh God. which basically said, if you're under 13, you may not make an account on the internet. Or more realistically, if you're under 13, you may not have a company gather personal information about you, personally identifiable information um, without a parent's consent. And that's why, again, kids can make Facebook accounts, Instagram accounts with parents' permission and it's still why Disney Channel would say, get your parents' permission to play this Flash game. And the funny thing is, sorry, your parents' permission Flash. is just a checkbox that the right, exactly. checks so either way. Easy to subvert anyway. But, um, you know, the, the question is like, well, is your 13th birthday gift for your child a smartphone? Or do you say maybe, okay, uh, let's wait until we're a little bit older and, and a little bit more aware of the risks and dangers? Because I know I was an idiot at 13. Like, I, yeah, you know, I definitely got a virus before. <laughs> right, you know, I'm always learning. And there's always new dangers that are generated out on the internet. And that's one, one advantage that we have, though, is we do have the internet. Right. Which means that we have the ability to Google, when we're in this situation, mm -hmm. what millions of people have done sure. with their children and see what has and hasn't worked for them. That's right. And yes. be able to apply it to our children, which... Yeah. It's actually kind of a crazy superpower if you think about it. Yep. Like, there you what go. the heck? Internet as a superpower. You and your superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true, ultimately true. what it is. I mean, of course, there's any... Uh, I'll stand by it. It's a social contract. Every time you choose to maybe sell Google your, your search, uh, you or still just give get it that away. knowledge out of it that you couldn't maybe get somewhere else, especially when I think of like a rural town. When I, when I think of where my dad was from out in the boonies, you know, his libraries were still... 
yeah, handing out books that aren't, aren't allowed yeah. anymore. You know, I'm just thinking like <laughs> banned <laughs> books. Oh man, it, yeah, yeah for, banned. Yeah, doc- right. Oh god, <laughs> that's, that's a different rabbit hole to go down. That's a yeah, that's one. that's what it comes down to. Is like when you have at least the most recency and the most like uh, 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 current information available, whether or not um, you can validate it. Um, yeah, you always have a, a resource at your disposal for um, learning how to do anything and learning how to maybe improve yourself. But yeah, it, ultimately you have to be the judge of what you think. Uh, works for you so yeah i don't know i am still mind blown the fact that we do have the internet just because i would i would not be where i am right now Mm -hmm. like as good i i i've thought like i'm i want to ask you guys i guess Mm -hmm. think about where you are right now Mm -hmm. and where you think you would be if you didn't have the internet and try to compare and contrast them Oh yeah, like, it's. I wild cannot answer that question because the internet has been ingrained in me since I was like twelve years I, old. I feel the I same way, and I think that's that kind question. of that's what de- defines, at least to me, what being a Gen, Gen Z, Z person is. is. I like mean, if I never had, had access to the internet, a, a for all I know, I wouldn't be a privacy-oriented person. I'd just be some I don't know. We'll call it an idiot on TikTok, like hey, funny video. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if you think it, it'd there be a similar question to ask your parents, like what what would it be like to grow up without electricity? I mean, at this point, you just think something that's a utility that's so widely available in your part of the world anyway, um, has completely changed not only your life, but like society in general, um, hopefully for the better. I mean, of course, some people might argue about that, but we're not talking about the <laughs> anarchy. I'll argue against like, it already. <laughs> Basically, I, yeah. you know, yeah, when you have such a staple in your life that um, makes daily life possible, makes your work possible, makes your enjoyment of activities possible, it makes waking up early in the morning before the sun is up and, you know, staying up late and still doing something possible. I mean, you think without having a resource like that, how different your life would be. It's impossible for me to even say. I mean, I don't even know I feel if like, I'd live here if I didn't yeah. have the internet. <laughs> I feel like if I were to take it, this argument to its extreme, I guess, it's more of a question of, do you think it's better to live with knowledge and deal with it or better no. to be ignorant and bliss? Rather live with the ignorance knowledge. I would much rather live with the knowledge. Yeah, I, I would stand by it. I think that just, especially again, of course, my work relies on having a computer. So I need the internet to do my work. But yes, could I have... Uh, worked on a farm. Uh, yeah, I came from a family of farmers, maybe a few generations back. Um, could I have done that and, and sustained a life? Of course. But just if I had been able to compare between the two, I think I would, of course, from my biased perspective, always choose this one just because the wealth of knowledge, at least available to me um, from the internet and even, again, the societal uh, connections, I have made more friends on the internet in the past five years, I think, than I've made in person, which is Crazy Some would for me argue to think. that's a bad thing, and others would argue that's a good right, thing. Right, exactly. And of course, that's um, one thing that was really weird for my parents to learn at first. My brother moved way um, far away from home, some 400 miles away, and didn't know anyone. He, he found a job. He found an apartment and just moved away to another state. And some of his first friends he met online just playing League of Legends. Uh, RIP to the League of Legends players. Dota fans, <laughs> do do your thing. I don't care. Uh, wow. Anyway, um, but that was what was so weird to me was that he was then meeting up with these people he just played games with and had he still is friends with a lot of them today that he's met online and hangs out with all the time and my parents were like you're telling me you just like met these strangers on the internet but that's that's how they view it i mean they're like they're strangers you're still talking to these strangers but it's like no this is somebody that i was my friends now right right right. they were strangers had enough of a connection right a few minutes and now they're my friends every friend you have was a stranger at one point i mean that's that's just a weird you know but that's that's the way the world is some people think it's even more dangerous to meet you know, new people in public now, right? right? Cause yeah, exactly. there's an inherent danger like, you that can what's come from going that. Especially if you're of the female gender. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 That, throw, that, that, that's the living whole... your life on hard mode. I mean, yeah. We can, we can reference <laughs> well, plenty of content that something Dr. K has done. Yeah. Healthygamer.gg. There, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it's, it's very interesting to think. But no, I, I think overall um, the, the internet has only been, um, has, has been more beneficial than, than uh, detrimental in my life. And I know, again, that some other people with outside perspectives may, might think I certainly think there but, are many people who would disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, my, I'm sure my dad would still be like, ah, maybe I'd rather just live in a log cabin out in the middle of the woods and never have the, the internet again. And I'm maybe old he's enough. Right. I feel like that sometimes <laughs> is, already. Yeah, like yeah. I'm mentally like 60 years old, I swear. <laughs> yeah, right, it is exactly. surprising how many software engineers do that. And or I know. Just engineers I, yeah, how many software engineers are up like, the, I keep a, I, the only printer I own is from 2004. <laughs> I keep a loaded gun next to it, okay. ready to shoot it if it makes an unexpected noise. There you go. The S in IOT stands for security. <laughs> I like that. That's good. I mean, it's true. Let's I be real. Know. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, no. It's so too hard on an embedded system. <laughs> <laughs> security? What's that? We yeah, don't need exactly. that. It's easier to just yeah. plain text. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It is easier. Here's your SSN. Exactly. Just write in plain oh, text. <laughs> delivered straight to your browser. You're a hacker for looking at that. <laughs> you're a hacker for pressing F12. Right, yes. right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 Check out the other podcast with Rob for that. Yeah, here's a throwback. Yeah. Where's the link to click? <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah, I know. We, right. we literally opened the other episode with if you press F12, you're a felon confirmed. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And I know it because I edited that. World, right? Spoilers. Yeah, right. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers for the first six seconds. Yeah. Oh, man. How could you? How right. could right. I? Long story short, though, I really appreciate the internet personally. Yes. But I appreciate it. I don't know. The world would be a very different place without it. Mm -hmm. I mean, so incredibly different that I think it's impossible to really say. I think it's possible just many, by looking back a little investigating. bit. Yeah, right. I guess it's I mean, still sure, recent. Yeah. You can kind of look back. Like, yeah. I mean, we have thousands of years have likely of human, you know. Yeah. Sure. Presence without something like the internet. Therefore, that's kind of how life was. And right. compare that life to this life. And we're biased because yeah we're imagine see. if the transistor but. was never invented how many jobs would well that exist? everyone else argues and just says well someone else would just have invented it which may or may not be true but yeah it's interesting to think like but what that if circumvents the original question right exactly the, yeah it's, the it's transistor was never invented what happened sure. yeah what if it was physically impossible for yeah, yeah right if exactly it, if it wasn't possible so different well yeah it's it very interesting maybe maybe we'd have a trinary system still, instead that runs on uh, organic matter right? i don't know maybe not you'd still have cars because <laughs> sure. you have engines but I working would all be done on pencil <laughs> and paper. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I would hope we'd like find a, a way to speed like things up. You'd have up a typewriter, maybe. Or I'm some thinking other, to those like, like Russian adding machines physical, that just have all the yeah. gears. <laughs> right, exactly. It'd be like physical, <laughs> mechanical things. Right. I guess it would be mechanical computing at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Instead of but, being a little tiny electronic device, hmm. it would be a giant mechanical contraption. Well, the problem you is, can make though, is and like, or inverter gates sure. out of mechanical. Parts. That's what I wonder is if we'd find just another way to do logic. Right, we'd just find <laughs> another way to do the logic. Looking huh. looking from this perspective, from this timeline to that timeline, we can say that though. Right. But in that timeline, we know what that is. Yeah, we yeah. know because of the transistor, we've been able to advance so quickly in so right. many different aspects. Hmm. Yeah. But if you had to physically machine each of those gears and they break and they do, yeah. you know, yeah, you, you have, have to machine those by hand, by the way, because the CNC machine doesn't exist in yeah. this timeline. Right, it physically can't. Yeah, unless hmm. it is become someone is able to create a mechanical version of the CNC machine, you know. Right. Oh god. Yeah, because electricity that. still would existed, <laughs> but you'd have to find a totally new way to control that hmm. motor using mechanical systems. You'd have this giant mechanical box next to whatever you want. Yeah. To do right. To exactly. It. Yeah, and it's gonna be way bigger than the size of a transistor. Yeah. I think it is always fun to do those kind of thought experiments, especially just in my personal experiment uh, ex experience. Experiment. Rather, I, yeah, my personal experiment. Um, <laughs> this is my timeline. Yes, yes, I created yes, it. I created <laughs> it. Yeah, no. um, in my experience, I, I have done um, quite a bit of 
uh, genealogy just as much as possible. It's something my grandpa was super into. So he already did a lot of work for me. And it's really cool for me to see, like, this is basically the first generation in my family that I know of that like actually like spread out. Um, all of my ancestors that came to the United States basically stayed in the same town for generations because just I'm thinking like in the late 1800s, early 1900s, how difficult it was to travel anywhere. Um, the most they were able to travel, at least on one side of my family, was they would take a train yeah. from like the mountains in Pennsylvania where they were coal miners over up into like, you know, you'd go into uh, Cleveland or Chicago and find a steel factory to work in. And then they'd work there. And then like once the steel factory shut down, you know, people would spread out. But yeah, not having that ability to spread out initially. I mean, just the fact that my brother could move states away just because he could look up an online listing and say, I can buy that apartment and get this job that wouldn't have been possible without the internet. And it might not have even been realistically achievable if yeah, there was just a telephone a big number to call. To just right. move somewhere and hope that you can afford it. Yeah, right. exactly. It's such an inherent risk to it. You know? Right, like, exactly. The only thing you'd have is personal experience. Like, hey, John, is that a you know expensive place to live? Yes <laughs> or no? Is this a good apartment? Yeah, it's good. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I hope it is. And people can lie so easily uh, yeah. and everything. So and, yeah. even, and it's even as deceptive as the pictures are, you know, you usually... It's also mostly true. crazy, like even talking to my parents, like I want to do something and they'll be like, oh yeah, my, my, uh, one yeah. friend, Billy Bob does this. You talk yeah, to them, yeah. right? And Absolutely. then you talk to them yep. and you realize that they barely know what they're talking about just because you have the internet to compare <laughs> yeah. it to. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. And that's what their source of truth oh was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> well, that was a fantastic discussion, guys. Thank <laughs> I you I agree. so much for <laughs> doing all that. I think this is probably where we call it this week. So, well, it's been a pleasure. Um, thanks yes, for having me God, on. You want to outro what, us? How yeah. great to be in the flesh. This is, this is great. <laughs> finally got to experience a podcast first. Yeah, we just talked about the internet. What the heck? Yeah, Why are we geez. not in Come the internet? Come on. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah, do right? this in the next room over. <laughs> uh, I'll go down uh, in the California. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. You can step a room over. We can jump on a Discord yeah. call real fast. Get, We're in the get same another house, camera aimed that yeah, way. Yeah, right. All exactly. Anyways, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And hope to see you guys next time. Absolutely. Have a great one. Enjoy your new year. Happy New Year. Hopefully it brings you peace, prosperity, and cookies. <laughs> A lot yeah, of good cookies. <laughs> cookies. <laughs>